0: your looks can change anytime your health can change anytime at the end of the day if you know that you've always been in alignment with being a kind person with being a generous person no matter what happens to you you have confidence in those things and that gives you a foundation of self-worth and self-esteem and that's going to help you to move through challenge failure
1: rejection (laughs) welcome to conversations in confidence a podcast by it cosmetics uk i'm your host rose gallagher the uk and ireland brand ambassador and each week i'm going to talk to some of our friends from the industry about their own confidence journey this morning we're at the albright in central london and i'm joined by amy rushworth a transformational healing mentor Amy works with clients on a one-to-one basis to improve their confidence and enable them to live a happier, more contented life. Though her coaching sessions are really detailed and personal to the client, we really wanted to discuss her own confidence journey. So we'd advise you to take this episode as a source of inspiration and ideas. And remember that what works for one person may not work for another. So just take what you like and leave the rest. So Amy good morning and thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Um, It's been really lovely this morning. I've really enjoyed hearing you speak to our guests and just hearing a bit more about what you do Um, but you're a formally certified transformational life coach and an integrative holistic health coach. Can you tell us a bit about what both of those things mean? absolutely so
0: i started off as a holistic health coach and that was looking at integrative health so looking at how our sleep how our relationships how our stress levels how our mindset affect Our habits. And I started working with women who were stressed and worried, and that was usually showing up at work. And I found that a lot of their habits came back to their mindset and a lack of confidence. And so that really inspired me to then think about, well, where does that lack of confidence originate? How can we move through that? What is the real root cause rather than me treating the symptoms? And I wanted to create amazing transformations for these clients. So I then became certified as a transformational life coach, which is more focused on beliefs, mindset, psychology, cognitive tools that you can use to transform your beliefs, your stories, the way you think about your life. And therefore, the habits change because the beliefs are different. Um, And so naturally, these two certifications work really, really well together. And I'm also now doing my next certification, which is sex love relationship therapy, because a lot of my clients do with lack of confidence in relationships particularly after breakups during mm-hmm. divorce and even just in long-term relationships um, around the age of 30 that tends to show up so um, yeah I'm addicted
1: to learning and all of these things have really empowered me to help people. I mean you love to help people to feel confident and inspired through your work and I know that um, having looked at your website and various things you said that you had a personal experience of what you described as rock bottom and um, And, you know, you shared this morning that that really helps you to empathise with people and assure people that there's light at the end of the tunnel. Um, Can you just tell us a bit about the place that you were in before you harnessed the power of mindset and confidence?
0: Definitely. I mean, I'm a huge fan of vulnerability and sharing stories because... I feel like stories are what we resonate with and what really inspire us to know that somebody has been through what we've been through, but yeah. they've kind of walked the path and found that light. So I love that I'm able to share from that place of experience rather than just being a coach who did a course and saying do yeah. A, B, and C, and it also helps me to know you know what what really works, what worked for me. So earlier um, in my mid twenties, I had a mental breakdown essentially. So I was a really high achiever, but I was also a massive self sabotager. So probably a mix between a perfectionist and a self sabotager. And I worked in fashion actually, so I was a fashion stylist. I worked for a big brand I also did freelance, so I had a lot going on, but I was also drinking a lot, hardcore dieting in disordered eating patterns, and eventually... After ignoring that for a very long time and just kind of cracking on and pretending that I was okay, my body started shutting down on me. So I wasn't listening to the mental signals. I didn't feel okay, but I was kind of in denial. I ended up having panic attacks and they were really starting to disrupt this perfect little mask that I was wearing because they would come on at any time. I had one once when I was driving, which was really, really scary. That was a real kind of wake up call. And then still I didn't fully get the message and make changes and seek help and I ended up with pneumonia so I signed off work so yeah I went to bed and I collapsed and I stayed there for about a month and it was a really uh terrible time because I had a lot of friends. I was very popular, but it was interesting to find that I didn't have that many quality relationships when I was really in that moment of need and that moment of needing support, which I wasn't very good at asking for anyway. So I remember being in bed. I needed medicine. I couldn't even get to the shops. I didn't know who was going to help me. And Anyway, from there, I knew I've got to start making changes. I'm in so many addictive behaviours. I can't keep just going on the way that I am. So I plucked up the courage to reach out to a therapist and I went to therapy And in therapy, I found out that I'd been struggling with a condition called PTSD, which is post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm -hmm. Most people recognize that as something that people have when they come back from war War. or they go through something really kind of obviously severe. I wasn't really sure what was going on with that. But what I now know, because so many of my clients have struggled with this, is that PTSD can affect a range of different people and different traumas present differently for different people. It's very subjective. Um, so I went on this healing journey now that I had my
1: diagnosis and I wanted to holistically heal as well. Out of interest, sorry to interrupt you, but I'm just really fascinated. Was this therapist someone that works in the same way that you do now or did you end up going on a different research tangent that brought you to this path? She was very different. So she was very much a formal
0: uh, psychotherapist. Okay. And it was traditional therapy. And at that time, absolutely, that's what I needed because I was in a very dark place. I needed to get from negative 50 back up to zero. Yeah. And so having her, she actually lived around the corner from me in Australia so I could just walk over. Um, It was a two-minute walk from my house it felt like even though I didn't speak to her between my sessions, she was kind of She's just there. there yeah. and, um, it was really helpful for me at the time. However, after that, I was kind of feeling back to baseline, but I was also like, there's something more that there, there must be more for me to do. There must be more happiness that is available to me. My life can't just be this, you know, I feel slightly better, but what else is there? And At that point, I'd never really dived into personal development or anything like that. So I started reading different books. I started, I had a gratitude practice as I was just sharing with your uh, guests this morning. And I started looking at things like the law of attraction and manifestation and how you can heal your life. And I realized there's this whole other world of healing and development And you can go and you can create the life that you want. You don't just have to have the circumstances that have been handed to you. And I just became really fascinated and I started changing things like the way I ate and my mindset around the way that I approached my exercise, my diet, the language that I used, the friends that I had. And I started making lots of little shifts and slowly and collectively those little shifts really added up. And my life started to really, really change. And then I was working more with life coaches and holistic healers and psychics and astrologists and all the different people that are there that can help you. And it completely changed my life. I have a completely different life now. So
1: you discovered this whole new path and way that you wanted to live your life and then realized that it was something that you really wanted to share. So you're now in a position where you work with people on a one-to-one basis um, to really build, you know, all of these feelings of self-esteem, confidence, all of the rest of it. And I know that one of the things that you specify is that you make a really personalized, tailored program for each person. So when you're doing that for a client, and setting them on this path what are the kind of things that you're taking into account about them and have you got any examples of maybe different actions that I don't know you could maybe without mentioning names share that perhaps you've prescribed to somebody and the impact that would have on them absolutely so I do my
0: one-to-one. I have a few different ways that people can work with me actually, but one-to-one absolutely is the most profound because it is completely bespoke and I'm in that person's pocket 24 seven. So distinct to therapy, and they obviously are more heavily regulated than mentors and coaches I speak to my clients between sessions so they can voice note me, they can ask me questions if they're in the middle of a very emotional experience. I'll be there to tell them to breathe or the technique that they need to call on just to remind them, to prompt them, Mm -hmm. to check on them. Um, So that's amazing. And uh, all of my clients say that that is a really kind of distinct feature of the process because they feel like they have that unconditional Support, support, positive regard. I never judge them. No matter how many times they repeat the same pattern, it's okay. It's absolutely fine. I'm here to support you, and um, we'll get there. We'll get there in your time frame, not my time frame. So I have no expectations on my client other than honesty um, and authenticity between us. In terms of transformations, I mean the the people that inspire me the most are my clients because some of the things that they've created in a even a couple of months is just insane and just so amazing to observe so many of my clients will come to me when they're in quite a dark place they might be depressed they might be anxious they might be really hating their job or feeling really insecure in their relationships and honestly, within a few weeks, sometimes they've turned things around or they've taken really bold actions to create a shift. So some people start like that, but by the end of our journey together, they've started a business and we're focusing on <laughs> something totally different or they're in a new relationship. Many of my clients have divorced people during our time together because they feel like they have the support and the courage and that newfound sense of self-worth in order to take those actions. So really it's quite likely changing not only for them but for me Um, and many of my clients are also mothers so they integrate these tools with their young children which is completely revolutionary because their children's brains are still developing so they're learning vicariously through their parents and it's changing their life as well so yeah there's been amazing transformations and it's the same in my online academy as well which is not as one-to-one because it's a self-led online group program but the women support each other in the Facebook group. So we have women all over the world. Some of them have quit corporate careers and become yoga teachers and are traveling through the world right now. And some of them have fallen pregnant after not being able to fall pregnant because they're not as stressed and they're focusing on their health and things like that. And it, it,
1: it's always making me kind of cry all the time, but happy tears. Our founder actually, um, a lady called Jamie Kern Lima, she always says that one of the things that she found so powerful about founding It Cosmetics was she really had this emotional attachment to the people that were using the brand. And she used to take her makeup off on air to demonstrate how it worked. And at that time it was quite radical because people just tended to use models. So, there was a real power in kind of her ability to share her most vulnerable thing for the benefit of making someone else feel a bit less threatened by their own vulnerability. Um, Do you find that that happens that maybe sometimes someone comes to you with a vulnerability and then by the end of it, that's a bit of their strength or their superpower?
0: Definitely. And I think that's the reason why I share my story so often. I mean, I'm sick of hearing my own story because I feel like a different person to that girl even though I fully own that part of myself. But I don't do it as a sob story or because I like hearing my own story a million times. I do it because I know that there will be someone listening who, who, is hears, that girl? who hears that and says, that is me. Yes. And so many of the clients that come to me say, I heard you on that podcast and you just said this one thing and that just hit my soul and it makes them trust me and if they trust me, they're going to get better results because they're going to do, you know, they're going to take the steps. They're going to know that there's a light at the end of the tunnel rather than kind of questioning if there is. I think it's really important that we are vulnerable with our clients, that we're all vulnerable so that we can be the example for other people. Yeah. Because ultimately, if you want to be confident, you have to be vulnerable. However, if you can be vulnerable about the things that you're most scared to reveal, you'll be confident in any room you walk into. Because that's the scariest stuff, isn't it? Yeah, of to, course. To bear your deepest insecurities or to have that heartfelt, authentic conversation with the person that you love, but you're scared of revealing that side of yourself. If you can do that, you have the deepest connections with people, but also, you know, a pitch at work becomes very, Piece very easy. Yeah, yeah. If you've just bared your soul in this other vulnerable area. So, I know that it's like the last thing that people want to do when they doubt themselves and it can feel really scary. But as a kind of reminder to anyone who's listening and thinking, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I can be vulnerable. Think about the people that inspire you the most. Even if we think of the most inspiring TED Talks, the most inspiring people on Instagram who have been through things and they share their story. It's their vulnerability that appeals to us that makes us go, wow, what an amazing human being. We don't judge people for that. We, in fact, find it quite amazing. But it's the part of ourselves that we least want
1: to reveal. It's like the ultimate catch-22. Yeah, it's very true, actually. What, What would you say are kind of common themes that come up when you speak to women? What are the things that people are most insecure about?
0: Yeah, I mean, the insecurities definitely manifest as overthinking perfectionism self-sabotage anxiety often health problems particularly around the womb so things like endometriosis pcos problems with the skin yeah and you know you know that as women we're emotional beings right if you get stressed you might see a pimple on your face you might notice that you've got a gut problem our emotions manifest physically whether we want to like scientifically prove that or not we know that we know our own bodies so um you know, those types of things, as annoying as they can be, are messages from your body of what might need some emotional healing, what might need some nurturing from your side. And the best way to show you that is through painful experiences and emotions or pain in the body. In terms of the things that really women get insecure about, typically body image, number one thing, yeah, Even if the person isn't coming to me for that specifically, there's always an element of it. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. And I think it's so important to um, teach people that confidence is an inside job. And that doesn't mean that you become confident and you're going to let yourself go, never shave your legs, not use any makeup, <laughs> not go for a shower. I am like a super glamorous person. I love makeup. I love fancy clothes. I love the finer things in life. I mean, I've got, I'm Leo and I've got a lot of Virgo and Taurus in me. I love all that stuff, but I'm equally confident. I could have I come today with no makeup on. It wouldn't, yeah. it
1: wouldn't bother me. Um, you love those things, but you don't place importance on them.
0: Yeah, I, I, those things are a celebration and enhancing what I already honour, what yeah. I already love about myself. But most of us try and do it from the outside in. So whether that's body image, sometimes women come to me because they're insecure about public speaking at work. Um, but also the the other thing, and this is why I'm training as the sex relationship therapist, is because breakups often cause a confidence crisis. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of my clients have also lost a parent. That's a really common theme with a confidence yeah. crisis, because it can bring
1: up a lot of uh, deep-seated fear. Yeah. And One of the things that I think is interesting from what you were saying this morning is that it must be quite a journey to watch how people unfold a bit over time. So just for anyone listening, Amy and I have been at an event with the brand this morning where we were talking about um, everything at cosmetics to a room of people. And Amy shared a bit about what she does and asked everyone to share something they were grateful for. And at first, I think it's fair to say the room felt really shy. Oh my goodness, I've got to get up. Well, not get up, but I've got to share something personal in front of a room full of people. And as the journey went on, people's um, contributions got a bit more personal and personal and personal to the point where everyone was in a safe space. And things like coming to you for example for a work crisis and maybe moving on to the loss of a parent or whatever that must be something that happens a lot because all of these things are linked and we perhaps don't realize on the surface do we?
0: Absolutely and you get that same sort of trepidation from people particularly on my retreats I just came back from one in Bali and people often come on their own and they don't know everyone and you're in a foreign country And you're suddenly in a circle with me and I'm asking you deep questions, right? I don't dive right in deep on day one, but it's still deep for most people because most people don't have those conversations in their day to day, the type of conversations that I have anyway. (laughs) And so on the kind of surface level, initially, sometimes people be like, okay, yeah, I want to, I want to work on my mindset. And then, you know, day four they're screaming and crying in one of the release ceremonies that I'm doing and they're, they're sharing with me. Yeah. You know, my dad died like, you know, six months ago and I'm, I'm not dealing with it. And so sometimes we need, we do need to kind of edge in and we need to feel probably a little bit uncomfortable, but take your time as well in terms of how you open up. And I think, like you said, with this morning's event we created that safe space everyone was very like-minded they all work in the same industry so i think we kind of had that safe space but you can create those safe spaces in your life as well with the people that you spend your time with and i think the people in our lives are really a fundamental aspect of our
1: emotional well-being and i think it is fair to say that it's a lot of work to really empower someone to change their mindset and retrain all of your thought processes to be more positive what kind of time scale do you think this happens on it's very much
0: dependent on where that person is yeah so, for example, with my online academy, it's called the Make Your Magic Academy because the idea is by the end you take action and you're manifesting new magic in your life. Mm-hmm. That's an eight-week course. Mm-hmm. It is an intense eight-week course and you can self-pace it. But some people do it in eight weeks and change their entire life in eight weeks. Typically with my one-to-one clients, I always say this is not a quick fix. If you want yeah. a quick fix
1: this isn't the place for you No,
0: and also you want a quick fix but that's not real right usually when we want a quick fix it's also coming from a place of I want to change myself or fix myself really quickly like I want to lose weight I want to like change this I want to fix this about myself versus like what I try and empower people to do is say like what do you desire for your life you know what's your vision and how do we start to crowd out some of the things that don't work with that vision, that aren't in alignment with that, rather than just remove everything. So with my one-to-one clients, I work with people for a minimum of eight sessions. And typically, that's two to four months. Mm-hmm. Um, although I recommend people do 12. So most of my clients do 12. And then I give them my academy my for free my online course. So they can do it alongside that for six months or they
1: have that to continue with when they finish. And if someone did something as simple as said a really positive affirmation in the mirror every morning and night, how long would you think it would be until they started to see and feel a difference? This is the tricky thing and this is I think
0: why some people get stuck where they read a bunch of self-help books and they go, yeah affirmations amazing I'm gonna do it and then they don't notice a change because they're saying in the mirror I love myself I love my body when they don't they really don't they haven't integrated that belief and so therefore slapping the, affirm- the affirmation on top doesn't fully resonate yeah so what I do with my clients is I often use an emotional scale with them Which I didn't invent, but it's an amazing tool. And I say to them, okay, well, like, how do you feel towards yourself today? If we use the example of body image, they might say, well, I feel, I feel rage towards my body. I feel rage. I'm really angry. And full of rage particularly if they've got a chronic health condition that may be how they feel yeah so okay i say okay instead of going to love and joy which is at the top of the scale that's the highest emotional vibration that you could aim for what's next it might just be okay well i feel a bit sad about it i'm sad it's not the way that i want it to look i'm gonna just be sad about it today and that would be an incremental improvement that would be progress. Yeah. Even if you just notice that you feel angry, for example, rather than just losing yourself in the anger, that's still that's progress. That's progress. Even if you still engage in the same anger-based uh, methods, for instance, like say it was body, maybe you start restricting or you're doing something. Even noticing is a step in the right direction. And so then you would go, okay, cool, so you were sad about, you were sad about this last week. How, how would you like to feel? how can we move one step up that ladder? And it might be like, I'm going to feel neutral about it today. I'm going to try feel neutral. Could I feel neutral? I say, could you feel neutral? Yeah. Tell me what you need to feel neutral. And from there, it's like this slow burn, but it's still this progressive forward moving journey that's realistic, authentic and meeting that client where they are. Because you can't swing from one extreme to the other. It's just not going to work. It's an all or nothing mindset, which is limiting.
1: I think it's so true that those small observations and feelings can make such a big difference. Like One of the things that we try and do as a brand, we kind of see ourselves with a mission to make someone feel as confident and as beautiful as they can and um, and that can be through small things. So, you know, any counter you'd go to, the mirrors will say, it's time to see what's right. So we try and always spread a message of, you know, however you look of any way at all, you're included and you're welcome and, you know, you're part of the journey. One of the things that I've noticed, you've mentioned a few times um, from listening to various episodes of your podcast is that you think there's a real difference between confidence and arrogance. And I think when you say the word confidence to someone, it can have both of those connotations. And I know that you said in one of the episodes, loving yourself and being proud of yourself is not arrogance. No. So where would you say the line is and what's the difference and why can we all be reassured that confidence is a positive thing?
0: Yeah, for sure. A lot of this comes down to conditioning. I mean, it's the same with money. Like lots of people think money is a dirty word. Rich people are not as nice as spiritual people or people who work hard for their money, you know, like these are just things that we pick up over time. It's the same with confidence and arrogance. There's that saying, "Oh, she loves herself" as an insult, as in, "Yeah, oh wow, how rude of her to really Think love and appreciate herself." herself. Yeah. yeah. Yet all of us crave love. That's our deepest human need, but we're seeking it constantly externally rather than even giving it to ourselves. And a lot of my clients, I really see this in them. They crave to be complimented. They really want words of affirmation and praise from people around them. But if I compliment them, they deflect. They'll go, oh, no, 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 no. no. That dress was on
1: sale. No, no. Oh God, my hair's greasy today. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Rather than receiving it. And it's it's a real problem, I think. And it's something, you know, I often set them assignments of like, go and accept every compliment this week and say, thank you.
1: Thank you for and saying that. And how do I respond to that? Do you it's ever get so uncomfortable? Of-
0: <laughs> They're so uncomfortable, but they do say that it makes such a difference. Another one of the assignments in my academy is that my students have to go and interview three people in their life from different parts of their life who they have some sort of close connection with. And they have to ask those people, can I interview you? What are the things that you love about me? And what are my best strengths? And many of them will resist that. You'll get a couple of brave ones who do it and then they spur on the other people because they hear, wow, it sounds like it went so well. And they get that little bit of courage. And it's fundamentally their favorite part of the entire process because they're really owning themselves they're owning their sparkle they're letting people give love to them instead of deflecting it yet craving it and
1: seeking validation and actually that's a lovely process for the other person because the other person might be thinking I love them so much but I don't know how to articulate it my my sister sent me this thing on instagram the other day and it was a a quote that said there's so many different ways to say i love you and it said that i love you can look like did you get home okay make sure you pack your cokes it's going to be cold today do you know little gestures like that so i can imagine that that's actually a really positive experience for both sides of that equation Absolutely. And again, if we revert back to that
0: idea of the emotional scale, self love is a real kind of broad term that's used now. It's used to market things now. But realistically, a lot of people can't connect with the idea of self love when they are in the idea of self hate or self loathing. And also, if they have these ideas around, well, if I change this way of thinking, then I'm going to be arrogant because. Again, if we think I'm going to be arrogant, we implicitly think people won't accept me, people won't like me, people won't love me. And we all want to belong. We all want to, you know, feel good. We all want to feel like people respect us and admire us or that we fit in in some way. So, in terms of Maybe finding that middle ground, not self-love. It's like, how can you have self-respect? So a key thing that I do with every single client I work with, whether it's one-to-one retreats, the academy, is we write down a full page of things that they appreciate about themselves and it can be things to do with your personality it might be that you're an amazing listener it might be that you're a person of integrity it might be that you're an amazing mom maybe you like your eyes maybe you like the fact that you're really creative you know get creative and think about all the different things that you do already have and put the focus on appreciating those things first rather than what most of us do is we do what everybody else expects us to do, or what looks good to everyone else, or we just spend our energy trying to avoid looking bad all the time. And what that does is it takes it away from all these things that we could be embodying and leveraging and using to create success and great relationships and magic in our lives.
1: You opened your podcast one day with a quote, I'm here to show you how to harness the confidence from within. So how do you do that? And what advice would you give to someone listening who really just wants to feel their most confident?
0: Absolutely. So first of all, seek your values over validation. So... One of the key parts of my journey and the way that I started making shifts, which affected my confidence, was I got really clear on what are my values. A way that you can almost morbidly frame this for yourself is what do you want people to say on your deathbed? Like, yeah. what would you want to be remembered for? I guarantee it's not going to be how many likes you had on Instagram on that picture that you took <laughs> on ho- the holiday that, you know, looked good on the outside but wasn't enjoy actually even enjoyable or it won't be the things that we spend so many hours and years worrying about it's probably going to be the fact that you were kind or maybe instead of the fact that you're successful it's like that you're driven and you're a go-getter and people admire that about you so it's getting really clear on what do you want for your legacy in your life and sending your energy into those things rather than the things that we use to validate ourselves so many of us go through life just trying to tick boxes I know I used to I was like I'll be happy when I get that fashion job. I'll be happy when I have that designer bag. I'll be happy when I have a boyfriend. I'll be happy when I reach this goal weight. All of these things. But what happened was I ticked the box and then it was okay, I'm hungry for more. What else? And that's because all of those things came from insecurities rather than from values. So it's like, get really clear, write those things down, have those things written on your vision board or in your phone or on the background of your laptop. Remind yourself, where am I spending my time, my precious time, my money, my energy, my focus, and really focus on that. Because at the end of the day, your looks can change anytime, your health can change anytime, your bank balance can change, your relationships, all of that stuff is volatile and uncertain. But at the end of the day, if you know that you've always been in alignment with being a kind person, with being a generous person, all of the things that you value, no matter what happens to you, you have confidence in those things. And that gives you a foundation of self-worth and self-esteem. And that's going to help you to move through challenge, failure, rejection, because those things will continue to happen no matter how confident you are, but you'll feel better as you go through those things if you know that you're a person of value.
1: Amy, it's been so lovely talking to you this morning. Um, I've really enjoyed hearing you earlier on and having the conversation with you now, and um, I'm sure there'll be lots of people that want to reach out to you. So could you tell us just where we can find you and what we can expect when we do?
0: for sure. So I'm very active on Instagram. I would definitely recommend following me on Insta. So my Insta is this is Amy Rushworth and you can find my website there, retreats. I've got my podcast link there which I love to do and I've put so much effort and my heart and soul into that. So that's a really good resource for anyone who wants to continue the journey or you can obviously join me in my online academy um, or on one of my retreats in 2020 we're going to Bali Cornwall and there's a third one in Europe somewhere but I haven't announced it yet brilliant well thank you so much for joining us Amy thank you so much for having me thank you thanks
1: Thank you for listening. And if you liked this episode, please subscribe and leave a review. You can find us on social media at It Cosmetics on Facebook, It Cosmetics UKI on Instagram, and discover more interviews like this at itcosmetics.co.uk. Thank you for joining us. We'll talk to you soon.